0: Greetings and welcome to the Kerwinsville Alliance Church, our online service. Kick back, grab a cup of coffee and a donut, and let's get in. So this morning we're talking about forgiveness. And forgiveness is a keystone of our Christian faith. It's one that is extremely important to everything that we do. And the idea of forgiveness, we need to understand that forgiveness grants a relief to from the payment or debt. That's a simple explanation for it. I like this, that forgiveness set the captives free, only to realize that the captive is actually me, or it's you. And the reality is, is that that's what forgiveness does. But I wonder, I wonder how much of that forgiveness we actually avail ourselves of. How much of it do we miss? How much of it do we not partake in? So forgiveness is both vertical and horizontal. It's vertical in the sense that it is God-related. But the other aspect of forgiveness is the horizontal aspect. And I want to spend more time in looking at the horizontal aspect of forgiveness than the vertical, partly because the vertical aspect is something that God does whereas the horizontal aspect is what you and I do. And that's not always easy. It is said, I think, that vertical is, the, is often the easiest part because, well, it's God. God extends forgiveness to you and to I, and that's for Him. But how easy is it for us to forgive ourselves? How easy is it for us to forgive others? I think sometimes we only scratch the surface of what forgiveness actually is about. I think it's only the very surface of our hurt and our pain and our, and our anxiety, our, our areas of woundedness that we actually touch. It's too easy to say to someone, I forgive you. It's another thing to reach into the depths of our soul and deal with what's going on inside of us. There was an interesting program that I was watching earlier today that struck me, and it was a woman who was sharing her experiences growing up, how they moved from one place to another. Being in the military, her father was transferred often, and she went to one school after the other. And every time she moved, she had to let go of friends. Every time she moved, she had to let go of possessions. And one time when they moved, as she is a young teenager she found her father out in the backyard burning her stuff. And as she shared that experience, she started to cry. Because what was happening was part of her was being destroyed. And it was funny, I turned to my wife and talked to her about it later, because it reminded me of a time in my life when I was five or six years old, when I left the driveway in the car, moving to a new place, and looking back, and seeing my favorite teddy bear on top of a garbage heap. It was probably 60 years after that before I actually even started to learn how to deal with that disappointment, that hurt, that wound. It was comical at the time because when I dealt with it, I had my brothers and sisters wound up sending me teddy bears for that Christmas, and I was inundated with teddy bears. Well, the problem in life is, is that we often want people to see us in a particular way. Like this apple. This apple looks good. It looks good to eat. It's polished. It's well formed. It's well. It's got it doesn't have any blemishes on it. And you and I want people to see us that way. We want people to see our good side, the side that's well, just pretty, handsome. But the reality is is that there's another part of us which we don't want people to see. It's how we see often ourselves, but we don't want people to see the woundedness, the ugliness, the parts of us that aren't perfect, the parts of us that are, well, it's difficult to show others. We hide that. And like a mirror, we want them to see an image of ourselves that that looks good, that we're put together, that we don't have problems We don't have issues. Sometimes in our Christian walk, we want to imply and, and project an image to others that says, well, I'm a Christian. I'm forgiven. I'm doing well. I'm okay. My stuff's together. But we're not together. We're broken. And the idea of forgiveness is that though I may have forgiven from God, I have not forgiven myself. I have not taken care of the things in my own life that, well, perhaps I need to seek forgiveness for or that I need to learn how to forgive myself and let it go and grow and mature. And the problem is, is that that's not always easy. You see, we see ourselves with flaws. Every flaw and blemish we see. We know exactly what they are. We know every fault and every failure that we've ever had. We can name them. We can name them very well. I remember a song we used to sing years ago. I heard the accuser roar, the ills that I have done and I know them more, and but Jehovah findeth none. And that's the point. You see, God doesn't find them because He's forgiven us. But we hold on to them. We hold on to them. We're aware of our shortcomings. We're aware of every failure. We're aware of every thought that we don't want to have. In the quiet, we know our brokenness, don't we? We know what's going on in our hearts and what's going on in the recesses of our minds. How many times have we said, if you only knew? But we don't want to tell anyone. In fact, the things in our lives are hidden. And sometimes they're hidden so well that we've hidden them away. They're so deep that we have a hard time bringing them up. We have a hard time letting go. I think that's one of the reasons that we find in Matthew 11, Jesus saying, Come unto me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens. A lot of the burdens that we carry are things that are in our lives. Again, they're hurts. They're wounds. They're things that well, that we haven't let go of. And we've never told anyone. We've never even sat down with the Father or with his son Jesus and told him. But he knows. He knows our our ugliness. He knows the stuff in our lives that we don't want others to know about. I think that's why he says, come unto me, I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest from those things that torment you. I'll give you rest from those things that you remember that you don't want others to know. He says, take my yoke, my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because, well, because I am humble, he says, and I am gentle of heart. You will find rest for your souls and for my yoke is easy to bear. My burden, my burden I give you is light. And you see the thing about the forgiveness that God gives to us, it's complete. It's thorough. I get it. There's times in my life that I have been confronted with my own ugliness and God has whispered in my ear saying, I love you. And I have responded, but God, you don't know what I'm like. And he says, yes, I do, but I still love you. I have been like a child weeping as I have experienced his love. I understand this verse when he says, Come unto me all who are weary and carry heavy burdens. The burdens we carry are often self-inflicted. Inflicted by ourselves from the choices that we've made that we beat ourselves up with every day. But God offers forgiveness. God offers love. God offers acceptance. In Romans 5.8, it says that God showed his love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. In other words, he didn't say, "And when you improve your life, when you get your life together... I'll love you. No, he says, just as you are. Just as you are. I'm not waiting for you to get better. I love you just as you are. We sing about that, don't we? We sing about coming to God just as we are. Letting go of our past and letting go of our stuff and stripping aside every weight that besets us and run into his arms. Why? Because... He's forgiven us. He's let it go. He's put it, as it were, in the sea of forgetfulness. Now, I know we can't forget, and I know that's part of our struggle, is that we do remember. We do remember all the things, all the small things, everything. We met, We 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 remember every part of it. But here's the deal. This is what he's calling us to. He's calling us to live just like he lived. He's calling us to live just as he loved. He's calling us to love others as he's loved others, to lead others as he has led others, and finally to leave behind what he's left behind. What, is part, what does that mean? Well, in part that means learning to forgive others, learning to forgive yourself, learning to let go of the hurts and the wounds that have come into your life. Not only that you've done to yourself, but others have done to you. Letting them go. Offering and extending forgiveness, not because it was asked for, but because God the Father has forgiven you. Remember that he says in Matthew chapter 6, if you forgive those who forgive sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. One of the aspects that is so important in life is learning how to forgive others. Does that mean that in forgiving others that we need to uh, forget what they've done? No. Because forgiveness is not just letting someone go, but forgiveness is also not about restoring a person to their position that they'd had before. Sometimes sin causes us to lose our positions with others, with jobs, with all sorts of things. The position that we had at one time may be forfeited because of sin, but that doesn't mean that we stop loving them. That doesn't mean that we don't stop extending to them the forgiveness that we're to give them. Why? Because God forgave us. That is the call to all of us that we are to forgive as he has forgiven us. Letting things go. Letting them deal with their issues, their things, their hurts. What I've realized in life is that so much of what happens to me and has happened to me isn't because of me. It's often because of something else that's going on in the other person's life. It's not personal. They do what they do because of their own hurt. Because of their own wounds. And in their attempt to look put together, in their attempt to look okay, while they're trying to hide their stuff, their bruises, they hurt others. How do I know? Because I've done it. I've coined a phrase, a phrase that I've used a lot, perhaps you've heard me use it, that we are the most dangerous to the kingdom of God, or for that matter, dangerous to anything when we believe ourselves to be right. Because in our correctness, we will wound and hurt and destroy others. And again, how do I know? I've done it. I've done it. Instead of giving the love and grace and mercy that God has called me to extend, I have extended hurt and shame and guilt. So how do we not do that? How do I learn how to be a forgiving person? How do I work on this horizontal level of forgiveness? Well, unlike what Paul says in Colossians chapter 3, since God chose you, that's you and me, to be holy, we must. We must clothe ourselves with tender hearted mercy. Now, when I think of the idea of clothing myself, I think about it in the same vein as getting dressed, as putting this shirt on or these pants or these shoes, that it is a practice that I must do every single day. It's not that I put on the same clothes, but I put on clean clothes. So every day, I believe that what God is saying here is that we need to clothe ourselves every day with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. I need to practice this every day. Sometimes I need to remember that I need to practice that moment by moment. Sometimes I find myself in situations that I'm not patient. Sometimes I don't feel like being gentle. I don't want to practice humility. But God is saying that I need to wear this on a daily basis. And then I need to learn how to make allowances for the faults of others. (laughs) I'm laughing because it's easy to forgive my own faults, but forgiving the faults of others, not so much. It's interesting how we can complain about others' behaviors, and we have the same behavior, if not worse. And we do it all the time. But God is saying, clothe yourself in a manner that brings allowance to the faults of others, forgiving everyone that offends you. Like we don't offend anyone, but we do. Sometimes just our mere presence offends someone. And it's comical if you think about it. Some of the things we get upset about, it's ridiculous. And then he says, Paul says, remember the Lord forgave you as you must then forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love. It binds us together with others in perfect harmony. Learn to love others. One of the ways that I love doing this is just asking the question. If I love you, what would that look like? Whether it's my wife or my children or my grandchildren or my great-grandchildren, my son-in-law's my great-grandson-in-laws, or whatever they are, asking the question, how do I love you? What would that look like for you? And then attempting to do that. Because love is a language of the other person. It's not my language for them. It's how they understand it. It's how they see it. But here's what happens. We say we forgive someone, or, or we say I'm wrong. And this is what happens in our life sometimes. Why? Well, simply because we don't practice it enough. And so when we do, it comes out as such a shock for people that like this, they fall over. It's comical. But we need to learn how to clothe ourselves and put ourselves into these things. So how do we do that? Well, part of the way we do that is we need to learn to stay on point, as I call it. Staying on point and focused on asking for forgiveness. In other words, being quick to ask for forgiveness ourselves. When we've done something to someone else, when we realize that we have hurt someone or wounded someone, be quick to ask for forgiveness. And the second part is address everyone who was involved. If it's just one person, then one person. But if it was many people, if it was a group of people, stand up in front of the group and say, I was wrong. Would you forgive me? And then state it. State what it was. Avoid those words of, but. Sometimes you hear that. Forgive me. I did, I was wrong when I said what I said, but if you hadn't. No, don't go there that way. Learn to avoid words that ultimately then place the blame back on something or someone else. Be very specific. Admit specifically. Use the word that you used or or say exactly what you did so that they know that you know what it was that offended them, what it was that you're seeking forgiveness for. Acknowledge their hurt. I'm sorry, would you forgive me for saying the word that I said that hurt you and caused you pain? Accept responsibility. That's part of not going there with if or but or maybe. Accepting responsibility is saying, I did it. I was wrong. Would you forgive me? It's more than just saying I was wrong. It's admitting and taking the responsibility that goes along with that. And finally, the last part of this, of staying on point, is simply alter your behavior. Here's one of the ways that I think we can do that. I think and it's an easy way. I think whether it's a person or several people, I think it's easy to ask the question, if I were going to do this differently, what would that look like for you? There's a funny, perhaps funny, maybe it's not funny, but there's a thing that I do in my house that drives my wife crazy. Now, I've been married for 56 years, which is a long, long time, and I've been doing this for a long, long time. What is it? I do not like putting my dishes, my dirty dishes in the sink. I put them on the counter next to the sink. Drives my wife crazy. And she said recently to me, you know, a way you could honor me is put your dish in the sink and put water in it. Now, I don't know why I have such an aversion to it, but I want to show honor to my wife. I want to show her that I love her and respect her. So I have been working for several months now trying to do that. And I think I make it probably 90% of the time, but I still find myself, in fact, even today, I took a dish, I put it on the counter, I started to walk away, and I came back and I grabbed a dish and I put it in the sink and I put water in it. And that's what I mean by altering your behavior. You're not going to do it right the first time. But the point is, is that you can practice it. You see, Saying forgiveness is more than just saying, I'm sorry. It doesn't excuse our behavior. It means I was wrong, and I want to change, so it will never happen again. The question is, will you do that? The question is, are you willing to allow yourself to be seen with the faults that people already know you have? And finally, as we wrap this up, I think that we have to remember that forgiveness starts with you and me. I think it's easy to look to others and say, I wish they would ask for forgiveness. But you know what? If it doesn't start with me, if it doesn't start with you, then where is it going to start? We can't expect other people to do what we need to be doing. As I said in the beginning of this, forgiveness is a cornerstone of Christianity. It's a cornerstone of our lives but it's not with just here in our setting in this room. It's out there. It's in our community. It's in our checkout lines. It's at the gas station. It's at the doctor's office. It's wherever you are. Learning to demonstrate an attitude of forgiveness. You're not sure what that ultimately should look like? Read Colossians again that we had up here before. About learning to clothe ourselves in humility, love, tender-hearted mercies and all of those things that Paul mentions. We need to learn how to do that in a way and in a manner that brings glory to Christ and identifies Him as your Savior who has ultimately forgiven you. I want you to think about that as you go out today about your business or whatever you're doing this week. There is a people, there's a person that maybe you need to seek forgiveness from. Do it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day, this time that we've had together. We pray that we would learn how and to give forgiveness vertically across the board to others, that we would learn how to forgive even ourselves, that we would become more comfortable with that part of our lives that we don't want anyone to see and that we would learn how to tell our stories because in our stories, there is hope. In our stories, we can tell the story of grace and mercy, how God has forgiven us from our things. Help us, Father, to do that in a way that, well, that glorifies your Son, Jesus, in whose name I pray. Amen.